0: It is Friday night, December 2nd, and I thought I would continue with talking about um, some of the things that I did wrong in my marriage and continuing with um, feeling like because we were married, we would be immune to the things that plagued relationships where the couples are not married. So one of the things I thought was because we were married, uh, that was... A very safe thing and I would never have to worry about other women, um, which looking back was completely naive and stupid. Um, at, shortly after Mike and I were married and our daughter was born, uh, we were living in Arkansas. Actually immediately after we were married, we moved to Arkansas because Mike accepted a position with Walmart. So we moved to uh, Bella Vista, Arkansas, which is a suburb of Bentonville. And uh, I had our daughter in Arkansas, which was difficult because it was far away from family and friends and my work. Um, I was allowed to work remotely, um, and also drive to Little Rock a couple times a week to keep my job. But anyway, uh, Mike went to work for Walmart, and it wasn't long after our daughter was born. I don't know, maybe she was five, six, or seven weeks old, and. Mike and I was staying at home. I was on maternity leave for 12 weeks um, while I learned how to be a new mother. I was breastfeeding. I was taking care of her by myself with no family around anywhere. And my husband worked six days a week at Walmart. And we lived in Arkansas in the middle of the woods. (laughs) So needless to say, I was pretty lonely and without much guidance with a newborn baby. And, of course, going through all the things that new mothers go through, um, learning how to take care of the baby, uh, having sleep deprivation, um, just trying to keep it all together and, and missing my friends and my family. And Mike had to work Monday through Saturday, as is required for all Walmart employees, even executives. So um, I was at home with our daughter, and that morning, Mike and I had planned for him to come home for lunch, Uh, His job wasn't very far away, maybe a 10-15 minute drive, and he was going to come home for lunch that day. Uh, You know, I was lonely. I didn't have anyone around, and I looked forward to having him uh, come home whenever he could. Plus, it gave me a little break from holding the baby, who I never put down. Anyway, uh, on this particular day, we had agreed for him to come home for lunch, and I had made lunch, and I had taken the trouble to, you know, clean myself up and you know, comb my hair, put on lipstick, do all those things to try to look nice. And um, I got a phone call from Mike shortly before lunch, and he said, "I'm so sorry, I'm swamped here at work. I cannot come home for lunch. I'm just not going to make it." And I said, "Oh no, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. You're you're so busy." And um, I we he said, "I just have to work right through lunch. I can't I can't come home." So then I said, "Okay." So we hung up, and I felt so bad for him. I felt really guilty too that, you know, here I am in our nice house and I'm cozy with our little baby and um, he doesn't get to come home for lunch and he has to miss lunch and so forth. And so um, I thought, well, I'll just go up there to his office with lunch and I'll surprise him. I, I will go find him. I'll pack up the baby take him some snacks and I'll get to see him it'll get me out of the house you know that kind of thing so I pack up our little baby and some lunch and I get into the car and I drive to the Walmart corporate offices in Bentonville like I said about a 15 minute drive and I get there and his secretary, uh whose name is Amy told me that Mike was not in and I said oh he's not in um I thought he was working through lunch. I've arrived, you know, with lunch. And she said no. In fact, he just left with Jessica. They've gone out to lunch. And I cannot describe for you really how crushing it was to stand there with our newborn baby girl and... Um, a picnic lunch that I had put together for Mike because I felt so bad because he just had no time for lunch and was going to work straight through. When in reality, when I got there, he had left with Jessica. Jessica was a new hire, a a young, single, nice looking female that he had hired. She was not married. And like I said, pretty. And he had taken her out to lunch um, and canceled Plans with me, his wife, and our baby daughter, and I was I was crushed. It was a real emotional blow. I, I I mean I'm sure I was probably suffering some postpartum. I was feeling separated from my friends and family. I was feeling very lonely, and Mike really was my whole world, you know, and our daughter as well, and. To have him lie, I mean, it it was a lie, I suppose. You know, he told me he was going to work straight through lunch. I don't know, working lunch, I guess. But, you know, he omitted the fact that he was going to be leaving his office and taking Jessica to lunch. And um, I was just crushed. So I walked out and I cried hard in my car. And I called him on the cell phone and I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm working. And I said, no, you're not. You're out to lunch with Jessica. I know. Um, Amy, your secretary told me. And I don't know how he felt, but of course, later that night when he got home, we argued about it. And he said, well, I just couldn't tell you that I was going out to lunch. You wouldn't understand. It it was a working lunch. She's a new hire. I had to take her to lunch. I said, well, why didn't you just tell me the truth? You know, when you lie... It makes me think you're hiding something. And he said, well, I couldn't tell you the truth because you would have been mad. I said, well, yeah, I probably would have been disappointed if you said, hey, I have to cancel. But, you know, I've always been supportive of what he needs to do. And I said, Mike, you should have just told me, hey, I have to take this new hire to lunch. It sucks. I'd rather be home with you, but I have to do this today. Like, give me the benefit of the doubt. Give me an opportunity to be told the truth. If I have a problem with it or if I react in an inappropriate way, then that's my problem, right? So that was like, I think the second or third sort of big lie so far in our early marriage. And mind you, we've only been married a few months at this point that I caught him in. And I just couldn't believe it because like I said, I thought that once a couple was married, like you didn't have these kind of problems, but I was wrong. And and I was stupid to think that you know other women wouldn't tempt him or that he, you know, I, I don't know. I was just stupid. I never thought that this would happen to Mike and me and I I was really crushed by it. And just naive. And it was kind of a wake-up call. He um he had lied to me about uh even before we were married. I can't remember if I told the story before or not, but um the night before we were married, he admitted to me that he had had Um, at least one sexual encounter with with my maid of honor. It was a girl that we both worked with and a girl that we both went to college with. And both of them, he and Christine is her name, had made a pact to never tell me that they had this, I don't know, apparently, or he would have me believe it was just one time that they were together. But they were not going to tell me about it. And You know, here I'm friends with her, and I'm marrying him. And the night before our wedding, I suspected, because the way the two of them acted around each other, I I suspected that something was going on. And so I said to Mike, well, I know about you and Christine. And he said, oh, you do? Did she tell you? (laughs) And I said, no, but you just did. So... He was very angry and thought that I tricked him into telling me the truth, which I guess I did. But I suspected, I knew that they were not being honest with me. And it would not have been a big deal. Just like, hey, yeah, so what? We made out, we kissed, or we did whatever sex act they did in the back seat of a car, apparently. I mean, just tell me. So what if I'm disappointed? At least I know the truth. So anyway, this is the night before our wedding. And then I have to stand up in the wedding the next day with Christine, knowing that she and my fiance had made a pact to lie to me. So that happened. And then the Jessica thing happened. And then not long after the Jessica thing, um, I caught Mike in another lie concerning a woman named Elise, who was a vendor to Walmart. Elise was, again, a young and pretty woman who was married to a doctor. And they would go to lunch and do different things. And I said, you know, Mike, it makes me uncomfortable when the two of you go out to lunch. Could you go to the Walmart cafeteria? Like the the company had a large cafeteria where employees could go and eat. And he told me I was paranoid and all of this. And maybe, maybe I was, you know, it's going out to lunch is not a big deal, but I guess if you're a new mom and you're home and you're feeling fat and lonely and you're breastfeeding, you don't like it when your husband is out having lunches, corporate lunches with, you know, savvy women in business suits who are sharp. I was jealous and I was vulnerable and I didn't like it. And I said, if you have to go to lunch with Elise, why don't you just stay on, um, stay at work and, and do it there? you know at least that way you're with other people and you know there's there are no rumors or anything like that and um so one time when mike was working on the on a laptop at home he left his laptop open and was off doing something and his email was up and i noticed and i walked by i don't i didn't even mean to snoop but i walked by and i saw an email from elise and i thought you know what I'm going to read this because I'm already suspicious of her and of the two of them. And sure enough, uh, they had been leaving work to go play golf together. And he had been lying about that. He, uh, well, lie by omission. He never mentioned, oh, I'm leaving for the afternoon and I'm going golfing. And, you know, when I confronted him about it later, when we were in marriage counseling, he was like, I have to do those kinds of things for my job. And you don't, you don't understand. And she's a vendor and I have to keep her happy, you know, for my job. And again, I'm like, look, if these are things you have to do for your job, why can't you be honest about it? Why do you have to lie? Why? You know, and then the whole debate comes up. Well, if you don't tell someone something, is that a lie? but I feel like it is. I think it's a lie by omission. So we had the maid of honor lie. We had the Jessica lie. We had the Elise lie, you know, all of these things kept happening. And I, and I said, you know, does Elise's husband know that you guys are leaving work to go play 18 holes? No, of course he didn't know. And I said, well, how do you think her husband would feel about it? you know, and he didn't know. And I said, well, why don't we have this conversation with her husband? I'd like to call him. I'd like to talk to him about it, or maybe we can all meet. And of course he was like, you're crazy. You're paranoid. You're nuts. You know, you're just acting crazy. You're going to ruin my job. You're going to ruin me, you know, this kind of thing. So I never did contact her husband or do anything about it, but I said, knock it off. It's making me uncomfortable and you're lying. And this is bullshit. So again, you know, I I was naive in thinking that I wouldn't have these problems. I really thought that by getting married, that was like the silver bullet protection against infidelity. I had been cheated on by um, boyfriends in the past. And I thought this was going to be different. I really did. I should have known because our whole relationship started off on a big fat lie because when Mike and I were working together at Fleischman Hillard, he was still dating Natalie and dating me at the same time and I wasn't allowed to tell anyone. So, you know, maybe I got what I deserved. I don't know. But after all of this, uh, I told Mike, I said, you know what? I'm going to pack up the baby and I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back to St. Louis And, I, you know, we need a cooling off period here. You kind of need some time, I told him, to decide whether or not you want to be a married man and whether you want to be married to me. We need to figure this out. And he said, fine, that's a good idea, whatever. So I packed up our daughter, who was at this point five months old, I think. And I put her in the car, and I drove back to my hometown of St. Louis, and I went back to my mother's. And I told her what was going on and that I had not really left Mike, but I had left so that we could kind of go to our own corners and maybe regroup, whatever. And Mike had promised to stay home and work on the house and work and kind of get his head screwed on straight and, you know, just be ready for when Victoria and I, our daughter, would come home. My mom said... Oh my gosh, you have to go back. You have to go back. You're going to, you're going to hurt your marriage. You need to forgive him. Just forgive him. Go home, go home. And I was like, no, he needs some time. You know, he needs some time. This is, this is not what I thought I was getting by getting married. So that evening I called our house to talk to Mike and Mike did not answer, but instead, I got our answering machine. And it was, this was the old days when, when, if you got your answering machine, you could dial in the code and hear the messages. So I got our messages. I dialed in, and, and I heard his friend John, who he worked with at Walmart at the time. John was a bachelor, good-looking, uh, known for being kind of wild. In fact, he had gotten in trouble recently for supposedly forcing himself on um, another woman at Walmart. Anyway there was a voicemail message uh, on the answering machine from John and it was something like hey Mike, this is going to be awesome we're going to go out tonight, meet us at such and such club and I can't remember the name of the club You know, Um, we're going to ride motorcycles, it's going to be great Uh, I think he said something like stop at my house and we'll have a drink and then we'll ride over there blah blah blah, whatever. So it was clear from the message that Mike was planning to meet John and they were gonna go out riding on the motorcycles and drinking and just really living it up how fun while his wife and little baby are gone and he's supposed to be working on our marriage and getting his head screwed on straight so I heard that message and um, I knew the club that they were going to because we lived in Benton County which is a dry county and there's only one place you can go to drink and you have to be a member to drink. So when you arrive at this club, you have to sign in. You have to pay an annual membership fee. So it's a private club and that's how they get around being able to serve alcohol. So I called the club and I said, hello, this is Lisa Mayer and I'm just needing to talk with my husband. Could you please tell me if he is signed in, uh, in the log at the front door? So the woman said, "Oh sure, just a minute." So she goes over to the book, looks it up. She says, "Yes, Mike Mayer is signed in here. He's here." And I said, "Would you page him? I want to talk to him. This is his wife. It's important." So she said, "Sure, just a minute." So she pages Mike Mayer and no one comes to the phone. And she said, "I'm sorry. He must have left because um he is not answering the page." And I said, "Well, would you tell me this? Are there a couple of guys in there, both of them with motorcycle helmets? They would have like their motorcycle helmets with them or sitting on the table or whatever. And she said, oh yeah, sure. I see two guys here. I see two guys both with motorcycle helmets here. Um, I said, well, that's him. She goes, oh, okay. And I said, he's got black hair. He's got a goatee. And she said, yeah, he's here. That's him. I said, he's got a blue motorcycle jacket on and a blue motorcycle helmet. Yeah, yeah, that's him. I said, please tell Mike to come to the phone. It's his wife. It's urgent. So she goes over to the table and tells him this apparently. And then she comes back to the phone and she says, he said he's not Mike Mayer, that that's not him and that he's not coming to the phone. And I said, really? He's got his motorcycle helmet. He fits the description. He signed into the book and that's not him. She said, well, I'm sorry. He says it's not him. I said, is there a ninja motorcycle parked right out front? she looks out front. She said, yeah. She said, you know, it's him. She said, I'm really sorry, ma'am. He won't come to the phone. And I said, "Will you go over there and tell him that this is an emergency, that there's an emergency and he needs to come to the phone. So I'm on hold. She comes back. She said, he will not come to the phone. So I said, fine. Okay. And I hung up and i drove with the baby to mike's parents house which was 45 minutes from my mother's house and i cried all the way and wondered what the hell was i doing married to this person who i apparently don't know he's a liar and he drinks a lot and he gets drunk and rides his motorcycle all around he's got a little baby at home you know what what am i doing i've left my hometown i've left my office I've put my job in jeopardy. I've left my family. I I must be crazy. So I drove to his parents' house, and I told them everything, and I said, I don't, this isn't going to work. I didn't sign up for this. I want to marry somebody who's honest and who only has eyes for me and who doesn't behave this way, and his dad was really mad. His mom was pretty indifferent. She just kind of crossed her arms and didn't want to hear it. I mean, who wants to hear that their son is an asshole? You know, she really didn't want to hear it. But his dad was pissed. And eventually, Mike came home, and I guess he called his parents' house. I don't know. Maybe I left a message that said I was going to his parents' house. I don't know how he knew that. But he called his parents' house. You know, he's in Arkansas, five hours away, and I'm in St. Louis. And he talked to his dad. And it is the only time in the 20 years that Mike and I have been together that I have ever heard his dad cross with him. And his dad said, get your head out of your ass, start behaving like a married man and get up here and get your wife and baby. And he was cross on the phone. And I've never heard Mike Sr. speak that way since. It was the only time I'd ever heard that man upset in all the years I've known him. He's very mellow, very chill, very measured in his responses. So the next day, Mike drove up to St. Louis and came and got the baby and I, and we went home. And the only way I would return home with him is if he agreed to go to marriage counseling, which we did. We saw a marriage counselor like three times, and then he refused to go back anymore because he said he felt like he was ganged up on, The marriage counselor, who was a woman named Barbara, told him, you know, look, you probably shouldn't leave work in the middle of the day uh, with women that you work with or vendors. You know, if you have to have a working lunch, do it in the cafeteria at work so that there's, you know, no rumors, no innuendo. Plus, it's making your wife uncomfortable and upset. You know, and, and she tried to defend me and say, you know, your wife is a new mom she's away from her family and friends, and this kind of behavior is, you know, making her very insecure. And Mike just thought the whole thing was nuts, and he refused to go back to the marriage counselor anymore. So that's where I found myself the first five months into my marriage. Of course, you know, to come would be much worse, and forgetting of the birthdays and the isolation, um, You know, Mike sequestering himself in the garage all the time. It's really amazing that I stayed married to him as long as I did. But I guess, I don't know if it's a character flaw or what, I'm able to survive and thrive in situations that I shouldn't even tolerate. Looking back, you know, I didn't deserve to be treated that way. I didn't do those kinds of things to Mike. You know, later he would tell me that I was incredibly controlling and that my expectations were too high and, you know, all of that may be true. I was hard on him. I wanted him home. I I wanted all of his spare time. I mean, he spent a lot of time at work. I spent time at home with the baby. And, yeah, I was demanding of his time. I wanted him to be home with me instead of out golfing or instead of out drinking with friends. And I didn't give him much freedom. And later I would learn, you know, that couples do need time apart. They need time to pursue their hobbies and their interests. And uh, I probably did make a mistake in this regard. I'm sure I did. Um, anyway, but just the lies and, and me being naive. Oh, he told another dandy. Uh, well, not a dandy, but he came clean actually on our honeymoon. This is interesting. On our honeymoon, uh, he admitted that he made out with the beer wench this would be the girl who drove the golf cart for his bachelor party Andy Woods a gentleman who he worked with at uh, Fleischman where we both worked uh, planned a bachelor party for him it was a golf outing and the story was that Andy paid the girl $20 or something to French kiss Mike or something and Mike told me this on our honeymoon I I don't know why he would do that why I mean, it made me sick, and it cast a pall over our entire honeymoon. I mean, what bride wants to be told that her husband made out with someone else, a stranger, on his bachelor party? Why? I don't even know why he told me. I, maybe he was taking a shot at being honest and um, regretted it forever. I was really hurt by it. I still feel hurt by that. What a betrayal.